Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Hope everybody is doing well this week. I am a little under the gun here as we are leaving to go to Vegas. And by the time you're listening to this, we will already be back in town and back home. But for some reason, I have just got the lazy bone these days and I am just not prepared for anything. I do not know what is going on. I have never felt so lazy in my life as I have been recently. It's actually sunny today, which is helpful. As you know, out here in the Pacific Northwest, it tends to rain. And even though it's the middle of May, it is raining for the most part. And I am so burnt out with that. It just does wonders when you just you get up and it's just dark and cold and rainy you just rather you know go to bed and pretend it's not happening which is pretty much what I've been doing so all my crafting and all my housework that I'm usually energized and keep up with it's down the toilet (laughs) before we get started on today's episode one thing that I do want to request and um, I might have mentioned it on my last one is I'm looking for a couple more um inputs, is that the right word? Short stories for a couple of ponders that I'm working on. So I'm going to remind you again, what I'm looking for is some one night stand disasters. Uh, This is different than one I did a while back, which was first date, but this is like one night stand. You ever have a one night stand that went crazy, maybe you went through with it, maybe the person went a little kooky afterwards, or maybe you went in to go to somebody's house and they took you home to their mom's basement and you were like, uh, I'm out of here kind of a thing. And then also the one that I've uh, will be coming up soon is a really gross subject. It's personal hygiene. Yeah. Have you ever uh, decided to get intimate with somebody and realized that their form of personal hygiene was not up to par for you? <laughs> Everything is anonymous. I just would love little blips about, you know, what happened and stuff. Just trying to make things a little fun. I know at somebody's other expense, but it's anonymous. And I'm not saying, and uh, you know, we're not trying to point out specific people, but it's interesting to find out, you know, there's a lot of people in this world. And it's interesting to find out <laughs> what other people have experienced. So disastrous one night stands and gross dates. So um, yeah, shoot me an email, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Today, we're going to get started on a new story. This story is about Molly, and it will turn into a 
two-part episode. We will stream this one on May 22nd, and the rest of the story will be on May 29th. So let's get started with Molly's story. Hi, Rebecca. I wanted to start out by saying I love your podcast. It was recommended to me by a friend who had also been unfaithful, who I have shared my story with. Being the unfaithful partner can feel so lonely and your podcasts have helped during my journey. I'd love to submit my story if you are interested. I was married at 24, I'm 32 now, to my current husband who is six years older than me. We met when I was still in college and he was my first real boyfriend. We got engaged after a year and married a year after that. We had a lot of fun together. Our relationship was fairly easy. We traveled, went on a lot of double dates with friends, and basically did everything together. We waited a little while to start trying for children. When we did start trying, I experienced three miscarriages over the course of two and a half years. It was a painful time for us. Thankfully, we were able to go on to have two wonderful children. The oldest is five, and the youngest is two and a half. This part of my story is probably so similar to other young mothers. After having my first child, I found myself with little support from my husband. I found myself doing 95% of the childcare duties. I did all the night wakings, and there were many of them. I did most of the housework as well. We were lucky to be able to have this option and it worked well for us. However, nothing I did felt good enough for my husband and I had to ask for permission for a lot. Some things were reasonable, but other things I had to ask for permission were dumb, like, can I have a garbage can in the bathroom? The gap between what I made and what he made in terms of pay also contributed to a lot of the problems. Every purchase I made would be questioned. I've never been able to buy anything guilt-free in our marriage. There are many, many other issues, but despite those issues, we had been fairly happy. Or perhaps I was just going along with it because that's what a good wife would do. Our sex life was also just okay. If I wanted to have an orgasm, the work fell on me and most of the time, I didn't feel like putting the work in so we would just have sex for him just to get it over with. I would say, make it quick. We still had sex at least one to three times a week, but for me, a lot of the time it was duty sex. Cut to the beginning of 2021. I went to see my chiropractor, Evan, for a neck issue. He is my coworker. I work for a healthcare facility, but he is also my neighbor that lives a few houses up the road from me. My husband and I were acquaintances with him and we'd hung out a few times. I had been seeing him as a chiropractor for years and always saw him as a playboy because he was single-ish and flirty. I had joked with my husband that he probably had a sex dungeon in his basement because well, he seemed like the type. Anyway, after sex one night with my husband, I woke up with awful neck pain and decided to go see my chiropractor. 
When he asked me what I did, I kind of giggled and said, uh, you don't want to know. And he was like, oh, come on. I was like, it happened during some late night activity. So I was embarrassed, giggly, the whole appointment, and he was making jokes about how I had to stop being so wild in bed. About a month later, I fell down my steps. I sent a text to Evan telling him what had happened, and he said I could come to his house or see him in the clinic the next day. I decided to see him the next day. The appointment with him wasn't abnormal. Maybe a joke about being too wild again, but the next day he sent me a text to check up on me. My hips still really hurt, so I went to see him again a few days later, and again he sent me a text to see how things were. Then, during an appointment, he used this huge vibrating thing on my whole body. When he sent me a text the next day, I told him how the vibrator made my muscles relax, and he asked if that was good or bad, and I said, very, very good. Soon, he started messaging me every morning, asking if I was going to stop down to see him. Our conversation started turning sexual. I remember sending him a text telling him, I'm coming, and he responded, you will be. It may have been the same day during my appointment with him that he suggested sending my husband on a golf trip with the unspoken intention of being a time for us to hook up. After some mild steaming texting, I said something like, should we really be doing this? His response was, it's up to you, boss. I didn't stop. Our relationship took off from there, hot and heavy, texting all day, telling each other what we wanted to do to the other. He'd send me songs that reminded him of me, most of them dirty. I was so turned on, all day, every day. A feeling I hadn't felt in so long. It was like a switch was flipped and suddenly I craved sex. It felt so amazing to be desired in an almost carnal way. We started planning ways that we could meet up to fulfill all of these desires. One day we decided we couldn't take it anymore and met in the staircase at work. The second we got to an inconspicuous area in the staircase, I pulled him in by the back of his head to kiss him. He turned me around and shoved his hand down the front of my pants and underwear and fingered me. I was so worried someone would catch us, so I pulled his hand out, spun around and told him I had to go, but he turned me back around and started fingering me again. His dominance and persistence to give me pleasure was amazing. I made him stop again, gave him a kiss, and left him in the staircase. Days later, we met in a parking lot in his truck, and I gave him head. I've always hated giving head, but I craved it with him. I felt like a sexual goddess on my knees, looking up into his eyes that were filled with pleasure. A few more days later, he picked me up from a random parking lot in his truck on our lunch break, and he parked in a lot hidden from the road. We got in the back of his truck and had sex for the first time. He was an expert at talking dirty, dominant, and clearly knew how to please a woman. 
At one point, I got on top and he grabbed my hand to put it around his throat. I've never done that before and it made me feel powerful, like I had all the control in this relationship. I was the one calling the shots, something I didn't have in my marriage. We met each other's eyes and it was the most connected I had ever felt to anyone during sex. I had never been able to look my husband in the eyes. It continued on like this for months. We would meet up during lunch, have sex, and go back to work. Occasionally, we would get lucky and I would sneak into his house. The first few times we had sex in his house was in his basement, which, as you might recall from earlier in my story, I joked about him having a sex dungeon with my husband. He didn't, but he did have his chiropractor equipment down there, so if we heard someone coming, we could pretend he was adjusting me. At the beginning, we agreed we were doing this for fun. He said it's fulfilling a need like going to the gym. He didn't want to break up my marriage. He also had a girlfriend during all or most of this. She lives in our neighborhood as well. It was pretty clear he was promiscuous. He was pretty open with some of his past adventures. He even mentioned trying to plan a threesome for me. I consider myself sexually adventurous, so I was excited. I questioned whether or not he was having sex with other women other than his girlfriend while he was with me. For the first few months, I wasn't jealous because it was clear all the attention was on me. He even started saying things that made me think he wanted to be with me. Just hints here and there. But eventually, our texting slowed down, and I started to think he was on to his next lay. When that happened, I felt awful. I would cry thinking it was over, but then he'd text me and it was like a hit from a drug. I got high off our interactions. But when we weren't interacting, I was at my lowest low. We were still meeting up once a week, but I no longer felt like he craved me and the way he did at the beginning. It was only my perception though. There were bigger battles that he faced and I was blissfully unaware of them for a while. During these first few months, I went from thinking that I could fake my so-called happy marriage with my husband to totally giving up. I became resentful of all the work I did for our family and in my head I decided I would just do everything by myself without asking for help to prove to myself that I could be a single mother if things went south. I started looking for a full-time job that paid more money so that I could support myself if I asked for a divorce. I opened up to my mother who divorced from my father when I was about 13 about how I was feeling regarding my marriage. So much of what she said resonated in me and how I felt. I didn't tell her about the affair, although she was able to relate. Looking back at how quickly my stepfather came into our lives, he was my mother's employee, I assume they had an affair. My husband started feeling me pull away, yet he made no effort to pull me back. The duty sex slowed, but I tried to make myself do it because that made him feel like things were still okay. There were some half-hearted date night attempts, but my mind was elsewhere. 
When August came, I was about four months into the affair. I was so emotionally up and down. One day feeling like he forgot about me, but the next feeling like I was Evan's whole world. It was such a mindfuck. Finally, at the end of August, I started to see what was happening. I had noticed Evan drinking at times that weren't really acceptable to be drinking. His eyes were a little yellow in the corner, but I wrote it off. Our last encounter in August, I hopped into his truck, right in the parking lot at work, stupidly and only slightly caring if someone saw us. On the drive to his house, he told me he was taking some time off for a mental health break. His doctor had a come-to-Jesus talk with him. He had to stop drinking or else it would catch up with him. I was so worried for him, he was clearly struggling. We got to his house, climbed into bed, and he held me for a moment, something he hadn't done before. All of our physical interactions were purely sexual, but never intimate. That day, though, it felt different. He needed me. He apologized and said he needed a minute as he held me. I told him to take whatever he needed, and I meant it. I've given so much of myself to him that I started losing who I was. We had sex, but it was awkward. I felt such an urge to give him the biggest hug goodbye, but I didn't. I regretted it as soon as I got back to work. I remember apologizing to him in a text once we got back to work, telling him I was sorry for being quiet, but I was so worried about him. He left later that week to go to his parents' house. Communication was sparse while he was away. He did message a few times, noting that he had been sober for a few days, and then a week, and I would congratulate him. Because he lives a few doors down from me, I noticed when he returned home, but he still didn't message me. I thought, this is the perfect time for us to play. He has all that time. But why doesn't he want to spend time with me? I found out why, though, a few days after his return. He came in for an appointment at our facility, walked past my desk, and when I looked up and saw him, he was completely jaundiced. His belly was distended, and he looked sickly. My stomach turned, and I felt faint. I immediately started looking up symptoms of cirrhosis and what his outcome would be. On his way out of the appointment, he ignored me as he walked past my desk, but I got up and stopped him. I asked what happened, and he said he stopped drinking, and all of a sudden, his health went downhill. He gave me a sad shrug, and I gave him a squeeze on his arm, and he left. I cried for days. During September and October, I reached out a couple of times, and he reached out to me a couple of times. But our conversation was always formal, not like it had been in the past. At one point, I saw him in his garage during a midday walk. Seeing him gave me a longing feeling, and a few days later I sent him a text saying all the things I wish I would have said, telling him how I think I'd started having feelings for him and asking if he felt the same. He replied back that it was always just for fun, and he wasn't sure what he had said that made me think differently. 
Next week, when we conclude Molly's story, we'll learn what ultimately happened to her and her affair partner, where his health took him, and where she is with her marriage. Thank you so much for listening today. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She walked in all happy like everything was normal when she saw me sitting at the desk. She knew something was wrong from the look on my face. When she asked me what was wrong, she walked over to my side and saw what I was looking at. She looked sick and started crying. I asked her to tell me what this was. She fell to her knees and started begging for forgiveness. After what seemed like an eternity, she composed herself and tried to explain, but I cut her short and said, was there any more? And she froze. I have known her for 20 years, and the look on her face told all I needed to know. I told her to pull everything up she had and show it to me. She started crying again and said it would only hurt me more. I told her it was too late for that, and if she didn't do it, I would walk out forever. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.